0: live well i apologize for that i didn't get the record button started so we did have opening prayers for the fellowship we did have opening prayers of thanksgiving for new passover baby in west texas and uh the king family has been blessed with another grandchild and and uh mother and father doing well, it was totally unexpected, and so we gave thanks, praise and glory to God for this uh, great Passover blessing and gift that was given that family today. And uh, I just hit the record button, so the rest of you might be able to hear some of this uh, later on when it's good for you, and hoping that it'll bring uh, some joy to you and help you to tie up some ends that you may not have been able to tie up before, but I was just about to go to the Passover, We we began, I began a little bit of a study on it in about 94, 95, I think it was at least by 95 for sure, and we began observing Passover as best we could understand, and I'll give you a little bit of what my um, uh, pattern was of how I came to it, and uh, then uh, we had our first Passover babies uh, in the year... 2001 and uh, Jeremiah and Caitlin were born uh, on the third just before the end of Passover uh, was over so our observance has always been from noon to noon and so I was beginning to tell you how we arrive at this. The first thing that I think is important for us to do is go to the first chapter of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, we will find six accounts, and this is what those accounts say. And let's see. And God called, I'm in chapter 1, verse 3. And God, God called the light day and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. I underlined every one of those throughout this book back in the beginning and said, you know, it makes sense to me. And what made sense to me is when God creates light, when he speaks light into existence, where would that light be? In the scheme of our understanding of our, of our earth and the celestial bodies, It seems to me that it would have been right high above, like high noon. And so that's always something that I just believed in my mind. I didn't have anything more of a proof than that. I didn't have anything that I could really put my fingers on. So if somebody has something here tonight, they want to share on that, that would be great. But what I found myself going to was these scriptures here, so you got Genesis 1.5, you got Genesis 1.8, and the evening and the morning were the second day, and 13, and the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights, so I'm in verse 14, in the firmament of the heaven, to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days, and for years and let them, be, let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and so it was. He made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And this part right here, he made the stars also, is in the King James, but it's my understanding the words he made were not in the original text and neither also is the word also. So, in other words, this would read, and the lesser light to rule the night, the stars. So, that's pretty important, and that's something I just actually found out this week as I was preparing to bring a little study to us, study for us for this Passover evening. And um, that was something that I just came into that uh, I think also helps me to understand that... uh, that those stars that were ruling the night, um, as we know, there are 12 signs that are ascribed to the 12 tribes of Israel. And so it makes sense to me that he made those lights to rule the night and he had a foreknowledge of what those stars were going to be and the formation of them and so forth. So that was just something that was interesting to me. Of course, then verse 19, again, the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day, down at verse 23. And then the sixth day, it tells us again, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. This is verse 31. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. I think it's extremely important that God would put in the scriptures that verbiage and the evening and the morning were the sixth day so when you think about it and that sun is placed into the celestial uh, 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 system if you will and it's high overhead and it has nowhere else to go but down and to the evening and through the late overnight and back to the morning when it comes back to that full sun overhead again. So to me, it always made sense. And as I say, I don't have anything more to attach to it. So Pastor Peters came along in 2011, I think it was, and um, had a pretty strong moving uh, of some people around him and others that, that uh, have expressed things to him from time to time. And he began a little bit of a study on it, wrote a book titled Solar Sanity and Lunar Lunacy in Calculating Passover. And so that book was, uh, you know, kind of another proof text or another second witness to me of the things that, that we believed that we had seen and the importance of it. So that's the way that I have derived at the... The whole idea of our day is actually noon to noon. So at Genesis 1, uh, 14 to 16, again, we went over the lights, and he says in that scripture that these lights were to be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. He doesn't say that uh, that the moon is going to be or the lunar aspect of uh, and the one thing about the lunar, uh, just to encapsulate that, is the, the moon itself, uh, Job saw this, is that it, it shines by borrowed light. So it has no light. It only shines by borrowed light. However, those stars do have light and they are and exist of light. So that's another thing that I think kind of helps us to know and to recognize that we're not to be looking at at a uh, um, at a lunar um, a time frame or to use the lunar in which to guide our days and our and our times and our seasons, but rather we would use the sun, the the light that He placed, and of course the stars. So that's how I kind of arrived at it. And, and then, of course, as I said, we had our first Passover babies in 2001. And, and uh, Jeremiah is, is uh, we lost our girl uh, coming through the birthing canal. But we still gave praise and glory to the Lord because we knew that he had given everything that we had asked. And, and um, whatever failure we might have had on our end, um, is something that we we deal with and and we turn to, to God for that to to um, keep us comforted in that but at any rate um, in Exodus chapter 12 then I think is where we kind of go next and this begins the whole aspect of uh, uh, of the uh, institution of the Passover, and so we're going to fast forward quite a bit to Exodus chapter 12, and uh, we're told in 12.2, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. All right, now it it doesn't tell us right here what this month is, but it does tell us that it is to be the beginning of months. It tells us it shall be the first month of the year to you. So that's important, and until we can figure out how that first month is named, or if it has a name, um, and of course we do, and we'll get to that in Scripture, so until you know we get further study and so forth to where we make a determination as to what it is, we just simply need to recognize that he commanded it to be a beginning of months and a first month of the year to us. And all a lot of very important events took place at the Passover uh, period of, of year, and uh, pretty much all the feast uh, periods uh, are when the major events took place. So we'll go into that a little bit too as we go along. And then uh, you shall—it tells us there that uh, in in twelve that you shall keep it until the fourteenth day, and keep it is keeping the. Uh, Says, uh, speak unto the congregational in the tenth day of this month, they shall take them every man a lamb. That's at 12.3. Uh, so he's telling them to take a lamb, and then he says, down at 6, you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. So 14 days in is where we derive at the 14th of ABIB, is ABIB, ABIB. It's pronounced in two different ways. Uh, and um, it's uh, number 42, uh, no, 24 in uh, the uh, Strong's Concordance. But let me hold off on that until we can actually get that date or that that word out of the scripture so that we know where that uh, name of the month comes from. So um, keep it until the 14th day, the same month in the whole assembly of the congregation, Congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Okay, again, at high noon, the sun is going down. So sometime between noon and and dusk, that Passover needs to be killed. But it also says in eight, they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted with fire and unleavened bread with bitter herbs shall they eat it says not to eat it raw, nor sodden it all with water, but to roast it with fire, his hags and his legs with his pertinence thereof. Nothing shall remain until the morning, and that which remains of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. Thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover." So, and why was he passing over? He was going to pass over the houses of the Israelites as long as they put that blood on the doorpost and the lintel so that the angel of, that was in charge of passing through the land of Egypt or the Mitzureen, that uh, that angel would pass over them and would not smite the firstborn. And so that's what was to take place, is the firstborn of all Egypt was going to be taken that night. And uh, we're told in verse 14, This day shall be unto you for a memorial. You shall keep it a feast to the Lord through your generation. Keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses, for whosoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you. No matter of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only that only may be done of you. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this same day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall you observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at even, you shall eat unleavened bread until the one and 20th day of the month at even. So there we have the command of the Passover on the 14th and the seventh day feast of unleavened bread to follow. And bringing it all total to the twenty-first of the month of Abib. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses, for whosoever eats that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Dropping down to verse 24, it says, And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance, to thee and thy sons forever, dropping down to 26, shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, what mean you by this service, that you shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians, and delivered our houses, and the people bowed the head and worshipped. Then, of course, in verses 29 to 30, we actually have the death of the firstborn, and uh, I'm trying to remember, let's see, Um, there is a scripture that I wanted to bring to our attention, and it's either in Exodus here, or it's in Numbers. And it says that at midnight, so that's another clue that we have. At midnight is when the angel began. Verse verse 29. Is it right there in 29? Okay. And it came to pass that at midnight, you're right, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on the throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of cattle. And so, right there, that tells us, okay, somewhere between high noon and midnight is when all this had to take place. So, if we're going to get our our lamb out of the hold, we're going to uh, dress that lamb out and skin it to be roasted on the fire, Um, we're going to have an hour or so that we're probably going to be into preparation, Um, you know, maybe a couple hours by the time that that is on. Now, there are some that I have heard that have said, and I I don't remember if Pastor Peters had it in his book, but that it's believed that that Christ actually uh, died on the cross at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And so, uh, there are some that believe that perhaps the most likely thing was that about 3 p.m. is when you would have, you would have uh, killed the, the Passover lamb um, on that particular Passover day. Um, the only exception or the consideration that I give or would give is that we're considering that we're going to eat the lamb and it probably is going to be a good four, or five, maybe even six hours. Um, to roast that lamb, you know, a good 25 to 40 pound lamb is going to take about that long. And uh, that would mean eating, you know, somewhere around 8, 9 o'clock, and that's not out of the ordinary for most people. It does still give them time to potentially eat that uh, uh, meal and to clean it up and burn it with fire because by midnight they need to be they need to be in their homes with their still with their their loins girded and and their feet shod in their shoes so um uh, I think that in any you know in any way we consider it sometime after noon is when that would take place if someone believes that it's probably most appropriate to wait until you know three o'clock in the afternoon um because that had some significance. I I know that I did a message and uh, an article for the newsletter one time about the, the third and the ninth hours and the importance of those. And so uh, I don't see any reason why we can't consider that that would be an important part for us to consider, uh, is that we would give a special remembrance, you know, at that time. But God has specifically told us he wants us to remember this day. Um, and we find that they observe the Passover and the New Testament. We don't have any specifics there that lead us to anything further to say there was a specific uh, time frame or anything else that uh, that they took a special time of uh, observance during that day. So he wants us to observe the day. He wants us to remember it and remember what he did for us. And um, so that kind of takes us into the uh, into the Exodus. There's a companion verse in Deuteronomy chapter 16. I'll just flip over there real quick. And anybody who's got anything they want to add in here, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, it's not my it's not my thing uh, ever. This is a fellowship set up for us. But Deuteronomy 16:1 says. Uh, uh, wait a minute, I have 16.1 in my notes, but I think that is, for uh, some reason I was thinking that's, uh, uh, let's see, where did I just see that? Oh, that's why I'm in numbers. I didn't put far enough. All right. Uh, observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God, for in the month of Abib the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. So this is our this is our next witness, if you will, or our double witness in the scripture about observing the Passover in the book of uh, Deuteronomy. And of course we get a definition, or rather, we get a name to that first month, and it's Abib. And so now I'll give you ABEB is number twenty four in strongs and it means tender uh, green a young ear of grain uh, interestingly I found uh, this week also never took the time to look at it but the the uh, the word April such as the month that we currently call it in the Gregorian calendar is Latin for open buds so um that's uh, just another little interesting tidbit that I came along so as I continue to study this year by year I always find something else that's just another little interesting piece for me but um so there we get the the name of the month um so obviously if he told us an exodus this is going to be the first month and it's the first month of the year to us and then he tells us here in Deuteronomy to observe Abib and keep the Passover. Obviously, Abib must be the first month, Abib. So, um, and of course, goes into the whole Passover, adver- uh, observing also uh, some other feasts right there in Deuteronomy 16. So, just wanted to remind us of that, so you can mark that in your Bibles if you haven't, just as a, as a reminder of. As I try to talk to people and talk to people about these things, I try to, you know, remember to mark them in my Bible so I can show people in the Bible so they're not just hearing my words or something, they're actually going there, they're reading it, they're learning it, understanding it for themselves, and, of course, the church world has told us that everything is done away and we don't observe any of these things anymore. It's all old and it's all been taken away uh, by Christ and And so we have to undo that with them, and we can show them the Passover obviously being observed in uh, the time of Christ, and certainly uh, even several years after, because we now know when many of the books or the letters were written by the apostles. And so, therefore, uh, if they were still writing about the Passover 20, 30, and 40 years after, Uh, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, then obviously it was still being kept. So we can give them uh, some understanding that there was still an observance of that, even though the church world has told them that it's it's all been done away. Uh, Also in Leviticus chapter 23, uh, we have another place, I believe, in which the ordinance is documented for us, Numbers 23. Uh, Interesting that, or excuse me, uh, Leviticus, I said, not Numbers, Leviticus 23. Uh, In verse 5, in the fourteenth day of the first month, at even is the Lord's Passover, um, again, the fifteenth day, of the same month, is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord, verse six. And so, there again is the uh, another record in the uh, in the Pentateuch for our observance of Passover. Uh, let's see a New Testament scripture. Besides the Gospels, um, is Hebrews chapter 11, which makes a reference to Abraham's sacrifice. I believe that's what it is, Hebrews 11. Um, This is what's often referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. I actually like to refer to it as the Works Hall of Fame, because every one of these things that they did by faith were works but that's just a play on words for me, and I like to mess with people's heads sometimes that way. Um, let's see, what was I looking for? twenty eight, I believe. Through faith, he kept the Passover. So, uh, let's see. Let's see, choosing rather to... Uh, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season 11:26 esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect under the recompense of the reward by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as he endured as seeing him who is visible through faith he kept the passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should have touched them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, uh, as by dry land, which the Egyptians, saying to do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and they were compassed about seven days. So, um, another New Testament scripture, obviously being stated by Paul, that's not a proof text that says, well, we observe Passover because Paul mentioned it, but it is nonetheless uh, referred to, and Paul was very uh, fluid in reminding the people of the necessity to not only remember and observe the things of the old um, as we look to our Bible for guidance and direction. So, um, we don't want to just casually throw it out, as many have done. Um, let's see. Now, one thing that I think I came to, um, from, I just did a quick review of, uh, some prior information I had from the 90s, and uh, the scriptures in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, and Esther 3:7, uh, seem to be, in some degree, a slight bit of a stumbling block. And um, I'm going to tie that in with the calendar here a little bit too. If we want to go to um, Nehemiah chapter two verse one. It says, And it came it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and, he, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. <clears throat> Wherefore the king said unto me, why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? The only thing really that I brought you to this scripture for is because this is the month in Nisan, and uh, what the church world, I think in large part, at the insistence of the Jews, um... The Jews keep a lunar calendar, and so therefore Nisan is the first month, Nisan, Nisan, I guess I've heard it both ways, and they uh, keep it on the 15th day of Nisan, and this scripture here is where there's some confusion, I think, because they they will accept this month here as being the first month because the Jews say it is, but they reject everything that we just went over in Exodus regarding what, and Deuteronomy about the first month and what the first month was called. So what I have understood from the historical record is this was obviously at the time of Babylonian captivity. And so in coming out of this Babylonian captivity, these uh, names uh, may have been changed. And I don't have anything more to go on other than obviously they view that name as that first month. And when you look at a comparison of the Jewish lunar calendar with today's Gregorian calendar, this Nissan is the is the first month in their in their calendar. So um, for me, I look at it and I say, well, I would rather go with what is in Exodus and Deuteronomy. Um, the scripture at Esther three seven. I'm not recalling whether that had any specifics. That uh, uh, so let's flip to Esther that would have been in the same time period and and so forth and I think it's more of a proof to those of us who've come to the to the understanding of the biblical idea identity of God's people that they are the twelve tribes of Israel and that they are in fact uh, uh, proven by those those stars and the the signs that were given to each of those uh, members of the 12 tribes. Esther 3 7. Let's see. In the first month, that is the month Nisan, in the 12th year of King uh, Ahasuerus, they cast Pur, that is the lot, before Haman from day to day and from month to month to the twelfth month, that is the month Adar. So again, there's nothing in these two scriptures that that tell us that this is the first month of the biblical month Abib, but rather we have to take it in the historical context that this is a period of time in which things changed and the day or the excuse me the name of the month has either been changed <clears throat> by the Jews themselves or been changed by the uh you know Babylonians in the Babylonian captivity or a combination of both such as what we have today which is a Gregorian calendar but the Gregorian calendar was not always the calendar that was in existence, and um, uh, the, uh, uh, the solar, the excuse me, the, our calendar, the Gregorian calendar is a solar calendar, but it came into existence from Pope Gregory the XIII in 1582. It replaced the Julian calendar that was in use from 46 B.C., so here you had from 46 B.C. to 1582 under Pope Gregory Thirteenth, who then made this change in the calendar once again and it became known as the Gregorian calendar which we're operating under today. So it kind of helps us to see why something might have changed and really what happened between 46 B.C. and 1582. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of history in there. There's a whole lot of of uh, Roman Catholicism um, that, you know, was predominant for most of those centuries um, in that period. So uh, the changing of the calendar was just another one of these things that, that um, you know, occurred. And so I see no reason not to believe that, days and times or dates or days or month names or day names or any of the rest of that would not have taken some change throughout those captivities. And um, I don't know, um, as I said, I only had time to just kind of quick review Pastor Peter's book and I don't recall if he had anything in his book about how that uh, change may have occurred uh, otherwise to where the Jews refer to that, that first month as Nisan. That would be something that maybe we should we should try to do sometime is to look back into his book for any other insight that he might have been able to let us into. Um, uh, even, even today, uh, from what I gleaned this week as well, in a few hours of study time that I tried to devote to this, the Church of God uh, worldwide and the LDS still follow a lunar calendar um, as do and still as did the Jews and as do the Jews still today and uh, you know one thing that Christ had said to them in John 8:23 is he said you are from beneath and I am from above you're from this world and I am not um, there are two calendars in nature Um in nature birds and migrations those are done by the solar but as you'll know from the farmer's almanac and things of that nature planting and crop uh, agrarian type activities are done by the solar Uh, even tree sap i didn't realize until just this week that tree sap uh, is apparently affected by the lunar. Now, I didn't have enough time to study more about that, but we do tap maple trees in our area. We started that about four years ago, and um, so I didn't know that, and I'm gonna spend some time looking into that to see if there's some other things I should know, because sometimes we feel like we're in a great big guessing game as to when to get these taps in the tree, and uh, I put taps in the tree the last few days of February because we were hitting some 40s, and you don't want to miss it. And then all of a sudden we started getting really cold again, and the trees didn't do anything. And then we got some above 40 again and above freezing, which is definitely required. And, and it's just been a seesaw back and forth. And so far we've only put up a gallon, maybe a gallon and a quart, I think. And uh, we're going to be in 40s, uh, upper 30s this whole week, but a lot of overcast sky. And um, so we still don't know if we're going to get any good running because we really haven't got any good running yet. So uh, I might be able to learn something about how the the lunar calendar uh, is something that I need to be aware of and understand for my agrarian uh, hobby called... Uh, Making syrup, <laughs> so. <laughs> so at any rate, um, let's see. Uh, well, good evening, West Texas. You made it back. Everything's good there. Yeah. All right.
1: Okay. Hey, uh, Doug. I was looking. I have the book on me right now. Uh, Solar Sanity versus Lunar Lunacy. Okay. And it does go into some detail as far as Nisan and Abib.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: and you can find it in Chapter 5. And All it right. Talks, it goes into detail. Um, but basically, he's saying there's two different calendars in the Bible, and that's how you, you can get two different names for the same month.
0: Right, yeah, okay, so yeah, he confirms that definitely there can be two different calendars, and that's what we've got today is is uh, obviously two different calendars being uh, reviewed or operated from uh, those right. who call themselves Jews, and of course our Gregorian calendar, Gregorian, so yeah. Well, and the other thing that I found myself keying into when I got uh, pulled Pastor Peter's book out was I... I actually found myself absorbed uh, at first in that information that he had about the Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, So I wound up, you know, sometimes I'll try to sit down and get some studying going and then other things come up and I get some calls or this or that or whatever. And so you don't get what you want it done. And uh, um, I'm gonna just see if I can flip to that. So he, I think he did a great job of doing that book up trying to uh, assess some of the things that I myself, you know, in our early studies years ago that we hadn't quite uh, um, put our fingers on, just felt compelled um, to do so. Let's see, I'm wondering if it isn't in part two. um, Uh,
1: If you're looking for the encyclopedia. That's actually on on page 11. It's part one, the very first part.
0: Oh, really? Okay, I wonder what that is in page 11.
1: And it's towards the bottom where it references 1 Corinthians 14.33.
0: Okay. Encyclopedia Britannica. Go ahead, why don't you read it? All
1: right. Let's see. 11th, 11th edition says, it is therefore so obviously ill adapted to the computation of time that, excepting the modern Jews and Mohammedans, almost all nations who have regulated their months by the moon have employed some method of ear or intercalculations by means of which the beginning of <clears throat> the beginning of the year is retained at nearly the same fixed place in the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he says, "Notice the words obviously no, adapted to yeah. the computation of time." Yeah. So our God is a God of perfection, and would He would He use ill adapted uh, ill adapted methods for the computation of time? And the answer has to be emphatically, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I found uh, that. Uh, and I think it's in part two, uh, page 34 and 5, um, he's talking about the court of the Simeons, or Christians who celebrated the Christian Passover, later called Easter on Nisan 14 every year, regardless of which day of the week that Nisan 14 fell. This practice was primarily followed in Asia Minor, and the Christians there testified that the Apostle John had handed down this practice to them. For the first few centuries, this practice was tolerated within the church. Later, however, when the rest of the church attempted to force the court of the Simeons to follow the practice of celebrating Easter on the Sunday following Nisan 14, some court of the Simeons formed their own separate church, which lasted until the 5th century. Um, The good editor makes the same mistake so many make in that he considers Nisan just another name for Aviv. The following quote is taken from the Encyclopedia Britannica, 11th edition, which is a hard edition to find. Quote, a final settlement of the dispute um, was among the other reasons which led Constantine to summon the Council of Nicaea in 325. At that time, the Syrians and Antiochnes were the solitary champions of the observance of the 14 days. The decision of the council was unanimous that Easter was to be kept on Sunday, and on the same Sunday throughout the world, the few who afterwards separated themselves from the unity of the church and continued to keep the 14th day were named to seminae, and to dispute. and the dispute itself is known as the Cordo to Simeon controversy, Easter day won the day, so to speak, and is based on the moon. It is incredibly confusing and complex to compute, but that is the way of the serpent enemy. Oh, and I continue on page 34. The subject is very difficult and complex. It says, briefly, it may be explained here that Easter day is the first Sunday after the full moon following the vernal equinox. This of course varies in different longitudes while a further difficulty occurred in the attempt to fix the correct time of Easter. Um, by means of cycles of years when the changes of the sun and moon more or less exactly repeat themselves. At first an eight years clock or cycle was adopted but it was found to be faulty. And the Jewish cycle of 84 years
2: was used
0: and remained in force at Rome till the year 457 when a more accurate calculation of a cycle of 532 years invented by Victorious of of Aquitaine took its place. Ultimately, a cycle of 19 years was accepted and it is the use of this cycle which makes the golden number and Sunday letter explained in the preface to the Book of Common Prayer Necessary. Owing to this lack of decision as to the accurate finding of Easter, St. Augustine tells us, Epistle 23, that in the year 385 the churches of Paul kept Easter on the 21st of March, those in Italy on the 18th of April, and those of Egypt on the 25th of April, and it appears from a letter of Leo the Great, Epistle 64, and Martian, that in 455 there was a difference of eight days between the Roman and Alexandrian Easter. Gregory of Tours relates that in 577 there was a doubt about Easter, and in Gaul, with many other cities, kept Easter on the 14th calends of May, others as the Spaniards on the 12th calends of April. So, yeah, that's what I found myself uh, reading and, and and reading it again to make sure I got it all. And, and it was just another little interesting tidbit that you forget about. You forget about adding it to something because it's in a separate book, you know. And it's like you can only write so many notes in your Bible. And then, you know, if you keep a notebook and you call it uh, a notebook of notes, Pretty soon, it gets buried in the notebook of notes. So a notebook of notes is no prize anymore because it takes you all day to go through the notebook of notes to find the note. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Why well, not?
0: So it is one of those things that uh, I'd like to, you know, tear the page out, I guess, and stick it in my Bible or something. But uh, yeah. Go ahead. Somebody was going to say something. No no, no, the one thing though that i I realized that I forgot while I was reading that was the vernal equinox, and that vernal equinox again, when God set that light, spoke it into existence, where would we find that sun to be it at a place in which there would be equal day and equal night or at least as close to equal as we could. We could conceive, I guess, Ex- right. and that would, that, would be, that would be that vernal equinox. So that gives us some idea that – and, of course, tender green um, being, obviously, a time of, uh, of a spring season. So we know that obbe being the first month and um, based on where you're at in your longitude and, and so forth as to what would grow in that climate – I mean, there are people probably right now in, in parts of Missouri and, uh, and even, maybe even parts of southern Nebraska that are already beginning to contemplate some, some early plantings of grain. They're going to have a big snow coming through there, but that's not uncommon for Nebraska either is to have, you know, 6, 8, 10-inch snowfall in, in April. Uh, it just waters the ground real good because it it stays warm. But I don't know what the temperature of their soils are about this time of year. But uh, certainly, uh, other parts of our own continent here, the North American continent, have have uh, um, are on the on a longitudinal line that would be on par with, let's say, the the epicenter of of creation from the Garden of Eden outward uh, from that area as uh, God began to move the people uh, from those locations. But it occurs when the Earth's axis does not tilt toward or away from the sun. So that globally gives pretty much the same amount of sunlight as dark, approximately 12 hours each, it isn't exactly down to the exact minute as I understand it, but uh, that's why it's called the vernal. Vernal meaning, uh, uh, I think, uh, did I make a note on what vernal was? I'm looking for it. I guess I don't remember if I made a note of what vernal meant. Um Uh, vernal, I think, I think meant even if I remember right, um, and then it's called even night or equal night. Vernal means equal, I think, and then equinox w- would have meant night, so it's equal knock, e equal night, and um, I think that's what the vernal equinox means. And so, right. I guess that gives us some idea of why. Um, uh, some attachment to to why we would observe uh, this period of time it makes sense it's kind of the beginning of creation if you will because nothing can exist without light you know or that light that is necessary for the, the growth I shouldn't say nothing exists there's stuff in the depths of the sea that exists but certainly um that which we grow in an agrarian type uh, uh, action is certainly requires the light. So, uh, so anyhow, I don't know for whatever that's worth. Um, but I think it's important to also remember that there are two calendars in nature. Again, the migrations of the bird and the plantings and the agrarian part, that just shows us right there that there's two different calendars that God has in the creation you know one rules one part of activity and one rules another part of activity It, you know it, it it shouldn't come as a surprise to us so but changing times and seasons and days and months and years and stuff like that like has been done by these various uh, you know uh, 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 what do you call them um what they call these big, uh, like the Roman Empire, empires and what I'm looking for, by these major empires. Um, and that's something that I've been learning as I've been getting into this uh, series I've got uh, started recording. I've got the first two done, and I'll load them up uh, to the talk show. here, is that one of the things that I'm learning is that um, now I lost the train of thought of where I was going to go with that. Uh, the two, uh, oh, changing days and times and, and stuff like that, is that, um, you know, when an empire uh, takes over, um, they're trying to to mold these new captives into their empire. And so it was always a balancing act trying to figure out, okay, as we're drawing in these new captives, we have to look at the things they they observe and these kinds of things, and they try to mold them together to keep peace and harmony, so that they don't upset it uh, too much, and and they just blatantly revolt, and you've got this you know constant revolt on your hands, and the only way you're ever going to put it down is to you know annihilate every every person that you just brought into captivity, and obviously what they want them in captivity for is economic means, you know, so they want to make them part of the economic machine, so that's something else that I've been kind of, you know, learning a little bit as I've been thinking about some of these things and doing that series of message, but uh, now the only other thing that I think that I've heard as being some some problems, remember we talked about the time of day, and um, Exodus 12 18, 12, 6, you know, we're told to eat it and and that's all supposed to be done. It's obviously got to be done before midnight. Numbers 9, Chapter 1, Numbers 9, Verses 1 through 15, I think. I wrote 1 to 5 down, but in that, I noticed that the new international version uses twilight. And the Moffat translation as well as the Septuagint only say toward evening. They don't use that word twilight and twilight is something that that the Jews use because it's sundown. So in other words, when that sun has gone down and that light is still illuminating over the horizon, that's, that's the beginning for them. And um, I felt that it was interesting to... To see that both the Septuagint, which is a better translation than than the King James originates from, and even the Moffat translation says toward evening and does not use twilight. And that's where it uses that in Numbers chapter 9. So just thought I'd throw that out for you too. And um, I think that's probably everything that I have leading up to the Passover. And then there's some things that I could go over or share with you about some of the special events and occurrences that took place on Passover. But anybody have any other thoughts they want to go over or anything that uh, that they uh, had a question on that we've covered or anything? No. Uh, I don't.
1: Nothing, nothing I can think of. I mean, I... I honestly have not read all the way through Solar Sanity. I need to do that.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I know that I got the book from him, and I don't think that I ever, I ever read it right away. And I'm not sure that I actually did pick it up and read it front to back. You know, like you, uh, you, you may have picked it up and started to read, and you got distracted or had some other things come up and the next time you pick up another book, you know, that often happens with me and, and uh, I hadn't gone back to it. And and Jeremiah and I sat down to put a little bit of thought into uh, getting prepared for this. And I remembered the book. And so I pulled the book out and then we sat in here and talked about the various things that we knew about the Passover and started just making some notes and taking some scriptures down and, and we didn't probably get too far in in that. We spent about an hour, but, you know, we, you start looking at this and reading that and and doing this. And, and then, like I say, I wound up catching that thing in there about that encyclopedia. And I, it's like, man, that's, that's really good. I, I'm really glad he put that in there. And then yeah. I sat down and had to go on with Life's Day and all the rest of it, too, so... So, and and you can read through some, I know it's this way for me, I can read through something and uh, go go back to it, you know, two years later and pull that thing out again and read it as if it's brand new to me again, just because there's something else that I, I just glossed over the first time and didn't take enough time or whatever, so. Right, yeah. Yeah, I I
1: try to, I mean, I, I see myself every Every time Passover comes up, or Easter, I guess, comes up, I'm over here trying to just refresh my memory on different things so that when people ask me, you know, why don't you celebrate Easter? You know, basically just to help defend myself and to, like you are saying, just refresh your memory on some stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, my family, uh, many of them, uh, say the same things, you know, is uh, I, I've noticed something has been happening in the last five years. Um, I don't get these comments or calls and, and saying, you know, Happy Easter anymore. And, yeah. and I'll tell you what I'm seeing, and what I'm seeing is is people are now calling it Happy Resurrection Day. And so so the church world and some of them in it have been recognizing that, you know, there's some pagan aspects to much of what have become our holidays or our feasts. And so in an effort to sort of cast them off, things are being changed like, you know, uh, happy, happy resurrection day. And I... I don't know, I hate to split hairs and stuff too, but there's a part of me that doesn't necessarily feel that that's a a great salutation either, you know what I mean? Right. Because I don't necessarily view the resurrection as, you know, happy. Um, Yes, I am happy and I am grateful that he's done this for us Uh, However, unfortunately, I think when people say that, they also contemplate some preconceived thought in their mind that they've had as well, that it's a fait accompli. In other words, um, you know, I'm a sinner. I can't ever do anything to try to, you know, uh, 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 gain salvation or anything else. And so, therefore, it's a happy resurrection day because I'm miserable, I'm lost, I'm a sinner, and I can never hope to do better. Well, I don't subscribe to that theory. I subscribe to the belief and the understanding that we are always to strive to do better, and we are strive to strive to show ourselves approved, and we are to strive to show ourselves worthy. And right. uh, so in that sense, I have a little problem with that, you know, and like I say, I'm not beating anybody up over it or anything else, but just to me, it just doesn't feel good to me and doesn't feel right to me to to express it that way. Um, and I think it's probably more important to recognize that, that he was sacrificed for us. And uh, while we can be thankful and grateful, um, happiness almost implies that I'm happy that he did it, or I'm happy that that he had to do it, you know, and that's why it doesn't feel good to me. So uh, it's nothing nothing that I ever beat anybody up about. I just don't I just don't return it by saying the same thing, you know.
1: Right. Well, something I thought was funny about this um, this Easter for everybody was walking through the stores. Um, I noticed that the, the stores were telling you exactly what date Easter was on. Uh, I I thought that was just, I said, you know, for for a company that doesn't claim to be a Christian company, they sure want you to know what day Easter is on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, something about so, that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Carl. Did you start to say something?
3: I uh, just saying there's something there to what he's he's saying about that, the stores.
1: Yeah. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, if you ever need to verify that Easter was not a holiday for you to celebrate, there's your sign.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the other thing that I think a lot of people fail to recognize is there's some other information that we've got some preconceived notions and ideas on that need to be corrected. And, and one of those is that, um, uh, they call it Good Friday, and, yeah. and that was the day that he, uh, Christ was supposedly um, uh, sacrificed, and, and okay, so let's go with three o'clock on Friday, and then he raises on Sunday.
3: How so much. What was that? it doesn't match
0: it doesn't match it doesn't match at all does it you can how do you fit three days into you know three o'clock on friday to you know even noon on sunday um it does it doesn't fit it doesn't match and so there's more to that that um you know our people need to you know begin to recognize and i i really am one of these that I believe God you know we talk about 2 7 Chronicles 7:14 7, we talk about you know this that and praying for God to intervene and all of these things and there's a part of me that God is just sitting there saying will you just recognize anything that has to do with me you know what i mean will you will you just will you just you know, we just stop already all the other stuff and just just acknowledge one thing. And in that sense, I sit here and I think of what God would do to a nation who once again observed a biblical Passover, not because it's going to make us righteous before God or anything of the sort, but just that it would show that we do really recognize and we have fully gotten how far we've gone from him, you know, uh, if nothing else, I guess that's the way I, I see God as is he's looking at us all the time, waiting for us to get something right. And, uh, so in that sense, uh, I would surely like for his people to, to really observe a true biblical Passover and, to truly honor what he did and to request his deliverance once again from bondage uh, that we certainly find ourselves in in America. I guess the rest of the nation doesn't quite see it the way we do, but, boy, you know, those, those youth down there in Florida, uh, now they're starting to get the idea that, uh, that hey, If you want to become a prisoner in the school, you just had to speak a little louder and you can become a prisoner in the school. Now they're all complaining about the fact that they feel like they're a prisoner in the school. And, uh, you know, that goes right back to the application of God's law. If we actually punished crime in accordance with his word, in accordance with his divine understanding of civil polity... Oh boy, we we wouldn't have those children worried about feeling like they're they're going to prison every morning, you know. But yeah. That's a little bit off course, but
3: it's a real mess.
0: Together. Go ahead, Carl. It's a real mess. It is. It is, and the more the more you know, we keep asking for man to fix things, the more incredibly distraught our situation becomes so but at any rate just to continue the thought here on Passover um, we could uh, let me give you these things real quick and then we'll get to some New Testament about the time of the Passover for Christ just some of the things the Bible events uh, I don't know if any of you have ever done this but back in 1986 I became aware of a of a guy by the name of Bill Stripmatter. And I've since lost his email, apparently. I, I had his email, and it's kicking back to me now as being non-existent. But um, uh, he did a Bible law course, and I think I got it in 85 or 86. And in that... I knew he had something on Passover in there And I just pulled it out And he had a a one page thing here Of every important Bible event That occurred at or near a Bible holiday Um, These are some of the Passover events This one I didn't even ever contemplate Cain slays Abel Abraham offers Isaac Jesus dies on the cross Israel was freed of bondage in Egypt, of course. Israel passes through the Red Sea on the holiday of the 21st. So that would have been the, the seventh day of Passover, um, which is a holy convocation, or unleavened bread, I'm sorry, feast of unleavened bread. Joshua crosses the Jordan and Jesus walks on water. Uh, the fall of Jericho was on the holiday of the 21st. Uh, King Hezekiah did grew, good and brought revival and kept the Passover in 1 Kings 23. And uh, King Josiah brings about reformation and kept the Passover. And uh, Jeremiah's sermon in Jeremiah 7.12 entitled, Threat of Exile Unless the Ways are Amended, 2 Chronicles 35 also, forty that. Uh, Ezra kept the Passover Ezra 6, 19-22 Joseph and Mary observed the Passover in the days of unleavened bread at Jerusalem at Luke 2 uh, Jesus chased the money changers from the temple uh, Mark 1112 12-19 and he has a note here the first of two times so Matthew twenty one would be the second one. I guess is the way that is the famous discussion with Nicodemus in Luke nineteen forty five and six. Jesus heals the impotent man and keeps the Passover. Uh, Jesus and of course I am the bread of life. The uh, feeding of the five thousand. The reception at uh, Gennesaret. Uh, Jesus Christ's last sermon. Let your heart be not troubled. And Jesus Christ, obviously, our Passover, Matthew 26, 28. So, uh, 1 Corinthians is a Passover letter, and 1 Peter is a Passover sermon. Just a number of things there. Then there's trumpet events, Pentecost events, tabernacle events. Quite a Quite a few little events that are pretty important events that took place at or near the you know, the Holy Convocation Days, or Unleavened, or Passover, so quite a list of those, and that was a couple of them I had was, uh, uh Second Chronicles 30, verse 5, where Hezekiah observes it, and Second Chronicles 35, where it's recorded also, and then Second Kings 23 for Josiah, um, Uh, let's see. I think as far as anything else, we might as well go and spend some time there in the Book of Luke, and and uh, and then we'll get ready to close up with some communion. see, what do we want to do? Let me see it. Luke 22. Go to chapter 22, verse 7 in Luke. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed and sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. They said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? He said unto them, Behold, when you are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he enters in. You shall say unto the good man of the house, The master says unto thee, Where is the guest chamber, where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? He shall show you a large upper room, finish there make ready when they went and found as he had said unto them they made ready the Passover so that was the the preparation there directions by Christ to have them make ready the room make ready the way so if all of you are about ready. I know it's going to get late on the East Coast time there and so we'll uh, try to get it uh, wrapped up so it doesn't get too late for you. If you want to uh, get your emblems, your wine, and your unleavened bread, I think we'll just go ahead and go right into this uh, Passover uh, Supper and have communion at this hour, at this time, and uh, conclude with some General fellowship and prayer, and uh, if you <coughs> if you all are ready, why well, yeah. uh, let right. me know? And my wife has been quarantined, <laughs> and uh, I'll get her out of quarantine. <laughs> Nobody's asking me <laughs> what I mean by that. Huh? No, I don't know <laughs> what that means uh Did she lock it in
2: the kitchen?
0: she she wound up getting sick, and uh-huh. uh Jeremiah and I have gotta make this trip to New Mexico for this estate and uh we don't wanna get sick, <laughs> and uh we've not been mean, but we've sure been very insistent that that we be highly protected <laughs> and uh we keep her from us as much as possible. So <laughs> so I say I'll bring her out of quarantine so she can she can partake of the Lord's supper with me and uh and uh and then we'll have some fellowship time here and and have prayer. So anyhow, alright, well everybody got their emblems and so let's go ahead, let's just take this right here he says that uh, till now any more eat thereof until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of god and so we just are thankful that uh, he gave us this in remembrance of him so what he says is he took this cup and well let's see i i think i dropped down here He says, For I say unto you, I will not any more eat. With this desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. We're at 22, verse 15. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. This is my body, which is given for you, this due in remembrance, excuse me. So, he took the cups and gave thanks. So, I'm sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once here, and I'm not uh, getting my own emblems. So, we'll take this cup, and we'll give thanks. Heavenly Father... We do, at this hour, at this time, fellowshipping together, where two or more are gathered in your name, we do take this time to observe this, this Passover and to observe the sacrament that you gave to us in remembrance of you. You've reminded us to do it as often as we do it in remembrance of you. Father, we take it with unleavened bread, unleavened bread of your body, of the truth, the sincerity, and the righteousness of of your body. And Father, it is at this hour that we give this thanks and praise and glory to you for having done this for us, having laid down your life, having shed your blood, that it might be fulfilled what you had known from long before and long ago that the day would come where you would show the world, and you would lay down your life, and you would raise it again from the dead.
4: And so, we take this bread, give thanks, and we take it, each of us, giving that thanks,
0: And Father, with this cup of wine, which represents your blood, we give thanks. We do it in remembrance of you. We pray, Lord, that we be found worthy and that we all take it with a clean heart. Father, for those that are not here tonight and those that are yours all over the world, we pray, Father, that they'll come to the truth and knowledge and Understanding the blessing of this great sacrifice and this that you gave us to remember you by to bring us into contact with your blood and the power of your Holy Spirit. So we take the wine and we drink. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you and on behalf of these men here,
4: their wives. We give thanks, all praise and glory, for that which you've done for us. We thank
0: you, Father, for your righteousness, for having bare our sins on that cross and taking those abuses and stripes for us.
4: In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen.
0: Powerful, powerful thing that our God did that he did for us so many times protecting us and bringing us out of harm's way showing us that he loved us and showing us that he does indeed exist and what a wonderful blessing we have tonight in this great news of this Passover baby boy that was just born what time Texas and I mean Esther and and uh, Russell. What time?
1: Uh, I don't know um, the exact time because they didn't. Te- they didn't. We didn't get to see the baby for a little bit after it was born. Uh, I'd have to ask them. I don't have a time right now. All right.
2: Can you? Hey, Here I am. I don't think so. Yeah, we you can, can hear can- you. <laughs> Texas said about five thirty
0: ish oh okay <laughs> all right well good, yeah, well, ours were born ours were born just before noon. what was jeremiah ten uh ten i think I think Jeremiah was ten forty, and I think that Caitlin was about eleven thirty and um we had complications with her right from the get go, and and uh, so. But what a blessing! What a blessing that we have in in this another Passover baby.
2: Amen. Well, it, it all looks like everything's going to work out. It's a beautiful baby.
0: Well, we put it in prayer and hope that uh, for the well-being of all those around her, uh, especially as they want to do all the things that the world is want to do, and so we're just trusting that they'll get out of there unscathed and they've got the right people that are around them that are going to let, let them have uh, have their baby without a lot of hassle and undue uh issues. So we put that in prayer this evening as well and we're trusting in it and standing firmly upon it being done. Jesus' name. Well, we appreciate
2: all the prayers and um uh, they're going to need some rest tonight and yep. And so I guess Texas will get to do a lot of baby holding tonight.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he'll he'll i remember those days yes indeed he will just look at that bundle of joy and he will marvel and marvel and marvel some more Hey,
2: I don't know what esther's laughing about his days right around the corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and Matthew's due soon, too, right? I, I believe so. Yeah,
1: I'll all three. Uh, I don't know their due date. I'll have to ask them. When yeah. is Ant's? I think his is around yeah, right the same time
2: right. as ours. Art's right, graduation?
1: Mm-hmm. End of May or mid-May, I guess, for them.
0: May 16th. I forgot about i forgot about zant, I guess, but Zant and Matthew and Esther and Texas, all of you are having spring babies babies aren't you yeah it's
2: um, it's almost uh, sort of lunar, isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say they're lunatics, but it seems lunar <laughs> yeah, it, seems,
0: it seems lunar yeah. <laughs> No, it would. Be no. The, it would Russell, be. Russell, you stand corrected again. It is not lunar. It is light. It is <laughs> light, not dark.
2: Okay. Well, if Cindy gets pregnant, it's going to be lunacy. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
5: <laughs> you only, uh, you'll know
2: there's. You'll know there's, there's a new set of people coming.
5: <laughs>
2: we'll have ten tribes.
5: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Well... Well, So,
2: so Doug, are y'all driving? No, we're taking a plane. Okay. Well, that's not bad. you got to drive a couple hours to the airport?
0: Yeah, let me tell you how the Lord works. Um, When this thing was contemplated... I had originally had a date that Ann had uh, uh she'd grabbed and she booked the 3rd and I told her that wasn't going to work that we need to change that and just that change we've got 10 inches on the sn- on of snow on the way and it's going to start here anytime if it hasn't already supposed to be four inches on the ground by 7 a.m., and then it's going to snow throughout the day tomorrow, another six inches, and uh, so by the Lord moving me to delay that one more day, um, I'm going to be able to take care of this snow before we leave, and I'll be in the truck for probably most all of tomorrow for sure. Uh so probably twelve to fifteen hours in the truck and um
5: um
0: but judy Judy won't have to deal with it, and she's sick and uh got a got a cold or something from one of the ladies that she cleans for and so um so it's just a blessing to know that I'll be able to get it taken care of before we leave. I mean, I will literally come home and plow our half-mile-long drive and uh, set the plow down and jump into some other duds and get in the car. You
2: you have to plow, cut, and Judy cleans toilets?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, didn't y'all go to? Didn't y'all finish college? No, it's, it's it's not like the King family. Uh, trust me, it's 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 not anything like the King family. I've I've seen the blessings the King family has, and and boy, they are blessed. Um, because uh, yeah, we have to scrub toilets, plow, cut, uh, man, and then occasionally, and then occasionally we got to go help other people. I'll, I'll put I'll put my
2: scale on my toilets up against yours any day.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Carl's is probably you're going to go back out and pound some more pavement for another hundred thousand miles, probably, huh? Well, well,
3: oh yeah, that's that's less than a year for me. Yeah. Anyways, but but this morning here in Central Pennsylvania, I woke up because I, I I took this whole week off because of passover uh-huh. and passover is the most important day of the year for me you know so but anyways it was it was snowing as 34 degrees and big flakes i mean it, so we had like four inches and uh-huh. and it just it just won't stop you know <laughs> so so
0: well but, and, and but i it, get
3: i guess this stuff's going to be coming your way too so yeah but it's going to be rain i I I go on the Weather Channel and and the, and the National Weather Service whatever so so I always look there because I run to Burlington Vermont a couple times a week among other things and uh, so I'll 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 be in a lot of snow yet you know. <laughs> but but most of the snow we got today it's it's gone it's gone but I tell you what it I woke up this morning and I thought man I can't believe it it just it was coming down.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the latest on this one. I mean, I haven't looked at it tonight. I looked at it this morning and, um, that was the latest that we had was, uh, 8.7 inches for our area. (laughs) And, uh, And that's fine. It's, it's doable, you know, and everything. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I'm just glad, very thankful, uh, very blessed that I can get it out of the way and that, you know, Judy doesn't have to deal with any of it really. And, uh, Temperatures aren't gonna be that warm, which is kind of a drag. I'd like it to get back up into the you know, the mid forties or even the low forties with a good amount of sunshine. That'd make me feel real good about it. But yeah. but um she's doing better today than she did, you know, yesterday and the day before, but she you know, she'll have all day tomorrow to try to recover too and and um and she's got her mother here, you know, and so that's a handful. Good. And um, so you know, I hate to leave her in a situation where I need her to kind of take up some of the slack for me, and while I'm gone. But uh, does, she, just, does she have but, the flu? I uh, I think it's you know probably a, I think it's more of a it's another one of these lung colds you know that so it is her lungs yeah it's yeah okay. it it seemed like it was pretty. Uh, Another one of these situations, you know, Russell got sick with a really bad lung issue. I got lung issue. I wound up with pneumonia. I had an oxygen level of 82%. Um, this, you know, I, I'd never hardly ever had any kind of issues of being sick or anything in this thing. I was just gone so much. I went down to New Mexico twice to deal with this lady's estate. And I thought I was taking good care of myself and and stuff. I you know at least I believed I was, but it may have just been the elements of of you know all of the stress along with Oh no, no the other no. thing
3: or no. this this was a laboratory con uh, uh, this is a laboratory grade thing they released upon the public. I I virtually never get sick, and I I I tell you it was fifty days till I got rid of it and. And the thing is, what I want to tell you, it's like you mentioned ammonia. Uh, don't sleep flat. The way it's killing people is, it is ammonia, and then you got that phlegm in your lungs. And what what it was doing when people were laying flat, uh, your lungs trying to clear that phlegm off of them, secrete water, and so the people were drowning in their sleep. Now, if you just if just sleep elevated, big plus. I'm telling you, it almost took me out. And, uh, oh, and
0: oh, I, I, I think Russell and I can attest to you, to what you're saying completely, and you'd get no argument from either one of us. It almost took us out. Yeah, I had I had every symptom, and and not the symptoms really were
3: that bad, but but I almost suffocated my sleep in, until I, and uh, I I call a to to Deagle in, in California. I don't know if it, you know he is William Deagle, and and uh, so I've been talking with him for a long time, and. He explained to me how how it it's killing people and I said you know, it almost got me and It's the well, worst I I've
2: ever had. It, and that that uh that oregano oil just started taking massive doses of that and garlic.
3: Awesome. Yeah, the, Them them were two good things. I I was doing iodine. Uh I'm I'm a big iodine guy. I have silver and all these other things. But I tell you what, all this stuff that I do you know all the time, I couldn't believe I got sick to begin with I, hear
0: you.
3: <laughs> I I was doing liquid iodine like like I never dreamed anyways, and I mean I was shooting full droppers full down my throat and uh, anyways and and that's what pulled me
0: through, but there's other. Well. I think I think what pulled all of us through was the Lord, and we just do what we do. We, you know, we we do what we do, and I always say this to the Lord. You know, I say, Lord, I'm doing what I think you want me to do, which yep. is to use my head and to do something. But Lord, I can tell you of a certainty, I'm going to need you on this. I mean, I I sleep on my back. I I lay down on my back, and I put my hands cross my tummy, and I sleep as if I was in a coffin, and um,
1: <laughs> and
0: I, I wake up the same way, and so, boy, I tell you what, you know, I, I found out in right fashion right early that I needed to get onto my side somehow, and yeah, we went under a tent with one of those things with oregano in it, and uh, and uh, I, I tell you, that's what you know, I think turned a trick on us too, and uh, but it was bad, it was bad, yep. so I agree with you, I think it is incubated, I think they are doing this stuff to us, and it's funny how everything that we seem to be getting goes right into the lungs, you know, and it... Well, it
3: it, it actually is like a stealth way of, of taking people out. When uh, when that happened to me, uh, which I'm an athlete, you know, and and stuff like that, and anyways, uh, I just, I was concerned that when I jumped out of bed, and and I want to tell you that you're absolutely correct, because it wasn't my time, because, you know, I I jumped out of my bed, I must have been laying down an hour and a half, and I was buckled over like a pretzel, looking at my my feet, coughing like so bad out of control, And, and I was concerned I was going to get a collapsed lung. Anyways, as soon as I was able to do anything, I went for that iodine. I shut that down, which which was you know I bought from Deagle, and then and anyways, and, and that time eighteen people they were saying on the on the here in Pennsylvania had had died from the flu, and then when I called out to Deagle because I told him I think your iodine saved my life, and he he said that they had a hundred and forty two fatalities in San Diego County alone already. Wow. And he explained to me how it, it's killing people. So then, I have some friends, and and if they wouldn't be sleeping in recliners, they would have been dead too. I mean, so it's it's just there. It's it's war. It's war. It's so what it is.
4: Well.
0: Anybody else got anything else you want to add or offer? And otherwise, I think we can close her up so you guys can all get on to your evenings and off to bed and everything. So um, I sure enjoy this with you all, and I'm glad that we have the technology and the ability to do it. We do it Tuesday nights um, normally, so we moved it up for observance of Passover because it wouldn't have worked to do it tomorrow night because Passover would be over. Sure. So uh, we would still be in a feast day, but uh, I thought that uh, maybe the thing for us to do would be bump it up and and remember our Lord and Savior and, and uh, take it today. So we won't be there next Tuesday because we will be coming back that day. And we won't get, we won't hit the ground until, uh, about nine o'clock, um, and we could connect by phone, but I think it's best we just, uh, probably don't do anything, uh, so next Tuesday there's not a fellowship set up, but I will upload two messages, uh, the first in the series on America's constitutional idolatry, and, uh, and, uh, We'll uh, let you take a listen to those if you want. Otherwise, uh, we'll have to catch up with you in two weeks. So, um, was uh, was uh, your wife starting to say something about this whole thing, uh, uh, Russell? Did I hear a female voice trying to say something there a little bit ago? No. I heard a lot of
1: laughing in the
0: background. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I thought maybe somebody was trying to say something about that whole bug, but... uh... No,
2: we just... uh, We we muted it for a minute. (laughs) It's a big party here.
3: Awesome. Congratulations.
0: Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, after, uh, Russell, I didn't get you, uh, uh, the voice, uh, that you're hearing tonight. Uh, I don't know where Rich is. I, uh, sent him a text and, uh, you know, I hope there's nothing going on for him, but, um, um, the James has been still struggling with some of his issue, uh, about a week and a half ago, James was in pretty tough shape, um, and... And so um we've had prayer for James, Brother James and then uh um anyhow this is Carl Bulls that you're hearing on uh on the other end uh here as well and Carl and I've been expecting Yes. Hello. Great. Pennsylvania. So he's over in Pennsylvania and uh <laughs> So, good to have him with us, and uh, doors always open. I know you're on the road, but if you ever feel like shutting down and spending an hour with us, so I spend an hour and get back up and go at it again, I guess. But I know time is money in your business, so. Oh, if you only knew you got to do what you got to do, so. Yeah, there's no extra time. But uh, anyhow, um, I'm going to go ahead and let everybody go and sign off, and. All right. Thank so you, God. I'd be with you all, and thank you. And look forward to hearing some more good news, Esther, in a in a little while for you yeah. and for Zans and Matthew and everybody and these new babies. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. All
2: right. Yes, you, Doug. We're together.
0: All right. All
3: right.
0: Yeah. God be with you. See you. Yep. God be with you too, Carl. Good talking with you. Good night, everybody.